Join AIA's Clay Hall as he interviews guests who will share their successes and sometimes challenges that we can all learn from. We don't just dip our toes into the most important issues in the promotional products industry. We cannonball into them to help entrepreneurs grow and succeed in this ever-changing promotional products industry. All right. Well, hey, welcome to On Air with AIA. I'm Clay Hall, and I'm here today with my friend, Mickley Byerman. She's the Vice President of Strategy for Estepona Group. She's a writer, and she's the author of 100 Things to Do in Reno Before You Die. So, Mickley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Clay. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so we were talking earlier, and I had so many ideas that I wanted to ask you and, and, and run by you, and I thought, gosh, that would be like 100 things to talk about before our time runs out. So I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Uh, but I did want to focus on a couple of areas, given the era we're in right now, where people are working from home, like you and I are right now, mm -hmm. and you're in your beautiful living room. And content seems like it's so important and people are trying to figure out how to break through and what to do. And a lot of people are really new at it. Mm -hmm. And so what advice do you have if you're, you know, an entrepreneur, you're trying to figure out, I want to create some original content. I don't really have a budget. Where do you start? And, and what do you, what are your tips? Cause you've been doing this forever. So yeah. That look so, like? Well, I think, I mean, the first thing you have to do is just ask yourself a ton of questions. I mean, there are so many, things that we need to do before we get to the content. Um, and it's it's a little bit of a painstaking process and it takes a lot of time and energy, but it's so worth it because once you ask yourself just a, a ton of content, a, a ton of questions about content, what you want, how you want to sound, where you want it to go, who's your audience, all the things, it'll help you plan it so much better. So really the first step is not even to think at the con about the content, it's to think about what are your goals? Um, what kind of mission do you have here? What are you trying to accomplish with this content? And honestly, who do you need to talk to? What medium do they communicate on? You know, there's, and then of course you have to tailor the content, to all of those different things. So it does take a lot of time and energy and planning before you even get to the fun stuff, which is the, you know, actually doing the content itself. So um, honestly, you know, it's just inventory time, right? It's okay. What do I want to communicate? How do I speak to this audience? What do they need to hear from me? What are they interested in hearing from me? And how do I best tell those stories? So it's a lot of questions in advance before you get to the good stuff. Got it. Okay. So I'm say I'm an entrepreneur in my, in our industry, promotional products. Okay. And I've got a bunch of in uh, buying customers who maybe aren't so interested in branded merchandise right now because events aren't happening. And, you know, there's a lot around that. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in that mode, I'm going to be asking myself lots of questions about, okay, work from home. Right. Um, and where, where I, where I land often though, is how can I create value or add value? Right. So if I, if I'm thinking about that, what are like, what are some of the other questions then that you might ask? Um, like, and I know you write a lot, right. And so this is kind of old hat for you, but, um, when you're sitting down to write an article, maybe walk me through that process too, because it sounds like it might be very similar, right. You're asking yourself a bunch of questions or asking even the client, a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, before you even get to that though, it's, it's more of a brand strategy thing from the beginning, right? Because each of your um, pieces that you create have to fall in line with whatever your overall brand voice is. 
and serve the overall brand's um, strategy of communicating. So I think the, that the outset, um, hopefully in your specific industry, you've got some idea of how you want yourself to be perceived. So what kind of a tone am I gonna take in this piece of content? What am I trying to accomplish? Again, all those you know basic things. And then once you drill down to the level of starting to write or starting to get to brainstorming content, the questions are gonna be, you know, how can I say something that's gonna be different, just unique and, and received in a way that can help my customers or clients. Um, so you actually almost have to project yourself into the, you know, the role of the client or the consumer of your content and say, what do I need to produce that will help my end user to benefit in any way? So again, I know we're right back to it, but it's about questions. Right. Like, you know, right. you know, you just have to drill down to those levels of how do you want to be heard and what does my end user need to hear from me? And how can I say it in a way that is unique or special or different? Um, in our industry, we talk a lot about unique selling propositions and um, unique, also called like a unique selling point, a point of differentiation, a niche, whatever you want to call it. Um, but everybody has to really sort of understand that a consumer has a broad range of choices to go for all of their needs. So a consumer is more likely to go with someone who has a personality that they can relate to or serves a different, um, a different uh, niche that they need. And so you really need to like really hone down to what makes me unique and how can I communicate that with whatever piece of material or whatever medium that you're telling your stories on. Right, well, you know, you've touched on it a couple of times here, and I know this was another question that you and I uh, went back and forth on earlier, but your voice, right? <laughs> Finding your voice, and, and, it, the, and then you said brand too, and I wanna come back to brand, because that's really important. So it, it sounds like then part of finding your voice really lies in the answers to those questions. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I think what's interesting to me so I'm, I mean, I have a master's degree in communications and, and journalism, so I've been doing this for years, but I did not understand my own writing voice for probably 10 to 15 years after I started in the business. Wow. Um, it took me a long time and I honestly will credit a really ugly divorce with kind of helping me understand who I was as a writer. Um, it was a very interesting, compelling time for me because I was wrapped up in a bunch of stuff and I had been writing for clients for years and didn't understand that I personally had a voice that wanted to come out as well. It was like therapy, only much cheaper. So once I started writing in, you know, the voice I wanted to be, it just really became my voice. And I just honed onto that and, and really developed it. And I think every business needs to drill down. I don't recommend the ugly divorces. Those are not fun. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, there are things, um, I mean, look at our present circumstance. You know, we're in a situation where COVID-19 is kind of taking over everything. And crises do a really good job sometimes of helping us to identify who we wanna be in the future and helping us to be able to redefine who we are now. So, um, you know, it does take a lot of introspection, asking yourself questions, but the bottom line is always going to be authenticity. It's really interesting. I was just um, listening a few days ago to your a podcast you did with Kevin Sicotti about leadership. And it was it really resonated with me that, you know, he's talking about good leaders are authentic. It's the same with good writing. It's the same with having a voice. 
you, the consumer, the client, can hear when you're being authentic or when you're not. If you're putting on a, a you know, a facade about who you want to be, it comes through in writing so strongly. So you really have to really just, you know, commit to being authentic and transparent. But that means, I mean, especially if you're looking at writing for a, a business, you know, there's a chance that I will start as your writer, but then I might have another opportunity down the line and I won't be your writer for long. So you do have to sort of codify what your writing voice is going to be so that others can take on the mantle, you know, down the road. So that is something for people who are, you know, thinking about writing um, for their businesses. They really have to think about the fact that, you know, you develop a voice, other people have to be able to, to have that same voice. You know, they have to be able to model that voice. So it's not just a matter of, you know, identifying what the voice is. It's a matter of writing it down so that future generations of writers in your same business can understand how to write in that voice. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. You know, I think what you're getting at is really how do you emulate that going forward? You know, mm -hmm. hey, your marketing person leaves or your writer leaves, right? Yep. Which happens, you change agencies. Yep. You know, how do you how do you find that? And how do you kind of keep uh, really consistent and remain consistent with with the voice? Mm -hmm. And the thing you said before about brand, you know, tying that voice back to the brand. And, you know, in our industry uh, with promo, we talk a lot about branded merchandise, but oftentimes we're not, we don't talk about brand standards, brand tenants, uh, brand pillars, and understand the voice of the client and how or, or what we are doing, how does that support that brand voice? Absolutely. And I know you've had some experience with that as well, where, you know, suggesting different things to different clients as well. Yeah. And again, I mean, the bottom line is that you just have to, again, it goes back to the questions, right? You <laughs> have to ask yourself, I know, stupid, pesky questions. Um, and that's what I think that's one of the reasons that people have a hard time with this, because it does take a lot of introspection before you get to the, the good part of it, which is producing all this great content. Because everything that you put out, whether it's a press release or a social media post or a podcast or, um, you know, a, a reach out to a potential partner, everything that you put out there will communicate part of your brand, you know, in some way, shape or form. And so it's just a matter of asking, who do I want to portray myself as being? What's authentic? What is something that can resonate for, you know, down the road? And again, what makes me unique? And what perspective do I have to offer that's different from my competitors or from something that a, a consumer or client can get from somewhere else. So it's really just honing in on what that message is and what that sound is. And um, it just takes a lot of time to get to that point. Um, but with the brand voice and the branding, it's the whole, like I said, it's, it's writing it down. It's making sure that you really have an understanding of what it is. And I'll tell you one of the things that's really interesting is that that voice and that brand can change and evolve over time. And so even once you've developed what you think of is, okay, you know, for company X, well, let's just take Estepona Group, for example, you know, so we're a, a marketing communications agency. Um, we basically do all things in the communications realm. And there's obviously a ton of competition. So one of the things that we really sat down and talked about is what is our culture? What makes us different? How do we tick? And it really sort of I don't know, it, it really solidified when we started talking about that every one of us at the table is super passionate about giving back, is super passionate about contributing to the community. And, but we're also kind of nerdy in a way. We've got sort of a, 
odd sense of, um, I don't know, personality. And so we just went straight into that. We leaned right into that. And um, so really our, our, our brand, our voice, is very much sort of that quirky meets do-gooder, you know? And I think that kind of, you know, we, we put out a newsletter, for example, where you'll see examples of that. We've done press releases about our own agency that have been super quirky and really well-received. Um, you know, we do emails to our clients and they have to have a little bit of that voice. So it's not just a one-off. It's not just developing something for one purpose, I'm going to make a social media channel, therefore I have to think about this. You have to think about how to apply that throughout and make sure that everything is kind of serving that ultimate goal of whatever you're trying to do, whether it's you know, secure new clients or just make sure your brand is top of mind when people do need you, whatever it is. Right, so it sounds to me like you, know, you have to think more globally, you know, not only the questions, right, but then the answers and then how do you apply it. So let's say, okay, I've asked myself all the questions and now I'm, I'm, I feel good. Like I, I've identified what maybe my niche is or what I feel is unique about my company or my, myself, my organization, and I'm, I'm ready to go. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of options, aren't there? And <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and that's kind of the scary thing. Again, I think a lot of this is so overwhelming um, for people who are approaching this kind of a project because it's like, it, it is, we are in such an amazing time in some ways, but in such a super overwhelming time because there are so many options. It used to be, you know, if you wanted to market your company, you had to think about how to do so in a one minute commercial, you know, that was on from eight, you know, in a, in a program from eight to 8.30 on a Thursday night in a very specific window. Like it, it just was so defined. And that was so much more passive um, in terms of delivery because the people, the consumers were sitting there at the same time watching the same thing over and over again. Now we're in such a time when we can customize our experiences when the consumer, the client has so much more ability to generate content on their own, interact with it. So it really is about sort of, you know, being a human and thinking about, okay, what do I want to accomplish? How do I do it? survey the channels that are out there to you think about what are the opportunities for telling my story is it you know you really want to to do more of a business to business thing so you're thinking more like along the lines of a newsletter or linkedin posts that are super relevant is it more of a brand awareness thing where you want to think about like an overall ad campaign um is it a community thing where the better option for you is to really work on a grassroots level to try to tell your story in, you know, maybe it's public speaking types of opportunities. So it really is going to depend on what you're trying to accomplish and then really surveying the territory and figuring out what's the best medium for you to tell your story and then crafting the story around that. And, and for somebody again, you know, so they've, they're just getting started and they've gone through that process. You know, what, what do you suggest they, they do in terms of, you know, is it, is it, just social channels? Is it on the website? Is it the newsletter? Is it an email? You know, how do they, because I just know with some of our, um, our distributors that we, that we serve, they are doing everything, right? They're taking mm -hmm. orders, they're placing orders, they're talking to the client, they're solving a problem, they're getting bill paid. And now they, okay, I get to the end of the day and I'm going to do my Facebook post. And they're just, you know, oh my gosh, where, what do I do, right? 
So is there, would you suggest a, like a strategy or is it a checklist or you know, what do you suggest to your clients even? Well, I mean, I think at the first thing you need to think about is what do you have the ability to do? Because you cannot be everything to everyone. And it does take, especially if you're not a professional writer, like we're probably talking to a lot of people who don't have a team of marketing experts and yeah. that's daunting, you know, to try to tackle this yourself. Um, I've been trained in this and it's still hard for me sometimes when I've given an assignment and I'm thinking, I can't even imagine what it's like to people who don't do this for a living. So what are, what are you able to do? Most of us probably can go ahead and do some social media posts because we're humans. We communicate on a social level. It really isn't asking a whole lot to translate your brand voice into, you know, a few sentences. So that's pretty doable. Um, at that point, you have to think about what's the best tool for you, social media wise. So looking at demographic matchup, um, you know, are you talking to mostly people who are like my age, who are more Gen X? Are you talking to older people? Are you talking to the millennials or the Gen Zs? And where do they live? Where do they hang out? And then that's the channel that you really have to focus your energies on. I do not recommend that you do everything. You know, you cannot accomplish a great LinkedIn strategy, TikTok strategy, Facebook strategy, um, you know, Twitter. You cannot do it all. And so you really have to identify, usually for most businesses, between two and three channels is great. I mean, that's actually doing well. Um, you know, as a working for a, an advertising agency myself, we do, we do manage a lot of social channels and most of our clients are between two and three channels because that's really what we recommend. Find the ones that make the most sense for you. Um, you know, if you're a, for example, a, a, a computer business of some kind, probably a Pinterest board is not going to give you some great business, right? Like we don't really need to see what your hopes and dreams are aspirationally for your computer setup. Not a lot of people are looking into that. Um, but for that, you know, obviously, if you want to be a thought leader, like LinkedIn is a great place for that business, or, you know, perhaps it's more Facebook because that's where your customers are. So it's really just, you know, kind of think about where does my customer live? How can I um, talk to them the best? And then developing a strategy for those channels. Um, really what that looks like is developing some ideas, overarching ideas for what do my customers need to hear from me? One really great way to do that is to crowdsource that kind of information. You know, you've got clients, every business has clients that are good friends, um, really pick their brains, talk to them about what, you know, what do they like on social media channels? What do they seek out? Um, what would make you different from the rest and sort of put together some ideas based on, you know, really good, solid customers that can kind of give you some good ideas as to what they would love from your, from your social media channel. And then you need to build um, a calendar, you know, make sure that you keep yourself consistent. Um, what we do for our clients a lot of times is we'll build what's what we call buckets. And I, it's not an agency word, it's just our word. Um, but we have buckets for our clients where we say, okay, you know, what's important to you? For most people, testimonials are awesome because people, consumers of social media trust other customers much more than they trust you, the voice of business. So, you know, one bucket is testimonials. So have a nice deep well of all these great quotes about how people have used you and loved you and appreciated you and how you've solved all the problems of the world with, you know, by using you. And so that's one bucket. So once or twice a month, you can pull from the testimonial bucket and say, okay, here's where I'm plugging this in. Um, you know, profiles of people behind the scenes. It's so important for people to see the, the humanity of any business these days. I think especially in this time, 
when many of us are stuck inside our homes, um, we need friendship, you know, and we're craving social interaction right now. So this is a really good time for social media. Um, I mean, it's also a bad time for social media, but let's not get started about that. Um, however, you understand what I'm saying. Basically, a brand needs to be human and it's not just a monologue from the brand to the consumer. So, you know, you need to really think about those those things that make you happy, make you laugh. I mean, humor is a great thing for use on social media. So maybe a bucket for you is trivia about your agent or your business or jokes that are, you know, dad jokes or whatever it is. You have to think about what that what that consumer would need and what that consumer would appreciate and then develop the buckets based on that. And then it's just a matter of putting it all together, right? Get out an Excel spreadsheet. You've got your buckets on one side and you're just going to kind of plug and play and think about what kind of a posting schedule you want to create and then go from there. I know it sounds a little overwhelming, but once you get into a cadence or a rhythm with this, it can be very easy. And, you know, we recommend our clients, if we're helping them, we usually do an editorial calendar for them for a monthly editorial calendar. So, you know, this month we're working on a couple months from now just to build up the buckets and make sure that they see what the posting schedule is going to be like and everything. And, uh, but it does become much more, there's a, there's a steep learning curve. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I've created all the necessary protocols. I'm good to go. So. Right. Well, gosh, you said a couple of really interesting things there. One is, um, you know, crowdsourcing, right? Yeah. What a great tip there, right? Hey, what do you, what do you want to hear? Right. Absolutely. What do you want to read about? Right. And that's uh, pretty easy. I think we ignore our audiences so often because we feel like we're the voice of authority. We should know right. what to say, but you know what? Honestly, talking and engaging with the people who are the best clients to you will reveal so much, not only about what they want you to post, but what they think about you. And if you think about it, any chance to communicate with your audience, it's about building that relationship. And so, you know, anytime you get to reach out to your customers or clients and say, hey, you know, want to do a little bit of brain picking with you. It's a good opportunity for you not only to build up some content ideas, but to just, you know, further solidify an already good relationship. Well, sure. I think that's the thing that some people, you know, struggle with. I know I, even myself, I think about the, you know, the podcast and, you know, what guests and things like that, and, you know, maybe writing a, a blog and so forth is what's that cadence look like, right? So not only the topics, right, which you've answered that. So when you're talking about the, the two to three channels and, and go find the, the client, where they are, where do they live? Um, what type of cadence do you kind of recommend within that, that posting calendar? Well, it's going to depend on, again, how much resource, what resources do you have yeah. to do? You know, if you're one person trying to do this, to maintain a good, consistent posting schedule, you're going to want to do it at least two to three times a week. Um, but obviously, as we know, algorithms for social media definitely um, ebb and flow. And so there are times when, you know, Facebook definitely rewards you if you post more frequently. And yet at the same time, there are times when they don't and you get really frustrated because for so long I was getting such great, you know, um, engagement on my posts and now I'm just flatlined. It really is, it's in their hands and we're sort of at their mercy. Um, that's when you want to probably consider if you've got a really well-developed social media presence, um, taking out a small ad buy because Facebook advertising specifically and Instagram somewhat, um, LinkedIn's very expensive, but Facebook is very inexpensive. And you can have a small budget of $5 a day or $10 a day 
and actually get some pretty good engagement. And that'll show you some consistency. So basically, you know, Facebook makes this overall determination as to who's going to see your posts. You think, oh, I've got, you know, a thousand fans who want to see my stuff. They've liked my page. Awesome for me. And then Facebook shows it to exactly three people. You know, that's that's on them. So when you're, you know, thinking about taking out a small budget, and I don't recommend $5 a day, um, a more robust budget is better. But what I'm saying is that, you know, whatever budget you've got to be able to give good content to the people who already have said they like your page, they're already somewhat ambassadors because they have liked you. So, you know, being able to guarantee that you're going to be able to serve something up to them, you know, you're going to need to probably spend a little bit of money. So that would be my recommendation just to make sure you're consistently getting in front of the right eyes. And I'm sorry, but you know, the right eyes are the people who've already said, I'm bought in, I want to see your stuff, I'm interested, I'm engaged already. So, you know, you've already overcome a certain level there, you know, you know, that they want your information. So give it to them. Right, absolutely. And, and then with, um, is there a, from an agency perspective, is there a line that you don't want to cross in terms of, you know, frequency? Or is, is that just kind of up to, you know, to the, either the content producer? Because well, I would think the audience would push back too sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all probably identify in our social circles those, that handful of people who post way too much information, right? Like they're just <laughs> constantly posting. And of course, the joke is about what's my breakfast, what's my lunch, what's my dinner. Yeah, um, you can definitely post too much as a brand. You can definitely post too much. Um, and it's just a matter of not overwhelming people. You probably don't need to be posting five times a day about the same thing. If you're going to post multiple times in a day, just make sure you're not borrowing from the same buckets and always doing the same thing. But obviously that's only going to be if you've got a team that can help you post five times right. a day. So. Yeah. Well, good, good advice and, you know, great conversation. Uh, as always, Mickley, it's, it's great to see you number one, and I'm uh, glad we got to do this and, uh, appreciate, you know, all the, the, uh, the insights that you provided. Cause I think, you know, for people in our industry, really important for them to be thinking about how they remain consistent. And you can, I think you can provide a lot of really good advice. So really appreciate well, it. I appreciate that. And honestly, the wonderful thing about this is the sky is the limit. You know, there are so many opportunities to tell a story, but the bottom line is humanity. People are all wired to expect a really good, powerful story. Like, you know, we're, we're brought up reading fairy tales that have this amazing, you know, character development and, and conflict and plot twists and all the things. And so, you know, it's really about just asking yourself those questions about what can I, what kind of a story can I tell that'll be compelling how do I do it in a way that'll engage my audience? You know, what kind of channels can I do this on? There are so many opportunities and, you know, it's really an exciting time to be a communicator right now and to be a business because you have so many ways to interact with your customers. And again, just remember, it's not a one-way dialogue, you know, or a monologue. It's not one way. It is so much about just engaging and making sure you're authentic and really responding to your customers. Um, having conversations, even on Facebook and on Twitter, you can have conversations. It's not just a one-way street here. So just be real, be human, be transparent and tell a fun story. And if you need help, yeah. reach out to someone who can help you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> well, great, Mickley. Thank you so much for coming on today and uh, we will be talking soon. Sounds good, Clay. Thank okay. you. You bet. 
Thanks for listening to On Air with AIA. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and visit AIACommunity.com to join the conversation and access the show notes. Until next time, be boldly you.